1: people are still burning out their employees. Yes. This is a room full of meeting planners, many of whom are young women. They already work very, very hard. They know how to get things done. And you know, they say, give give a busy person a task and they'll get it done. But sadly, you're burning these people out. Welcome to the Bombshell Business
0: Podcast, where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident. Feel empowered and challenged through inspiring stories and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership. Welcome or welcome back to the Bombshell Business Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Hurdle, and I don't have any big announcements or any housekeeping to do today, but I'll tell you that today was, um, it was kind of rough. I was tired. I've been going nonstop at the time of this recording for the past couple of weeks. I've been in Florida with my parents because my dad had an emergency triple bypass surgery. Two of his um, arteries were blocked at 90% and one of those was his widowmaker. So he was like days away from not being with me anymore so there's that stress going on and um also just we're all dealing with stress we're all sharing in the collective right now um and have them for some time and um and then on top of it all i'm getting way screwed in a legal matter um that i had did absolutely nothing wrong it's a contractual thing and that contract's not being um uh, fulfilled. And so, yeah, it's just a good time right now. And so I've been joking all week that, um, what I'm doing is I'm lassoing sunshine and rainbows and I am putting that over my shiz show that's on top of my dumpster fire. And I am willing (laughs) goodness into my life right now. Um, and the good news is my dad is recovering amazingly. And, you know, there's so much good, like, listen, there's so much good in life. But today I'm tired. And literally before I hopped on Zoom to talk to our guest today, I was interacting with my attorney. So I was like, thank God this is my interview today. What divine timing. <laughs> and so burnout is a two-way street. When we're talking about business, when we're talking about being in a work environment. Burnout is a two-way street, meaning it's incumbent upon business leaders to make sure their employees are healthy mentally and happy healthy in general, but healthy, especially mentally these days and happy, and that their culture and their environment is a leading driver of potential burnout. Like we all know it. So let me tell you about my expert friend who's with us today. Janice Litvin, burnout speaker, is on a mission to help leaders and teams banish burnout in their organizations. What makes Janice unique is 20 years in recruiting, 10 years in IT, and the study of psychology. Her book, Banish Bird Out Toolkit, teaches readers how to change the way they react to stress, which is what I'm trying to get today. She is the <laughs> president of the National Speakers Association Northern California and a member of Welcoa, I think, MPI, and Sherm, which are all, that's a uh, speaker, that's um, meeting planners, that is um, HR. You are a very well-rounded woman and you're beautiful <laughs> inside
1: and out. Oh, Welcome okay. to the show. Thank you, Amber. You're way too kind. Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) You know, I put credit where credit is due and I've seen you in action and, you know, we get to hang out a lot um, in our group that we're a part of and I just very much appreciate your work. And so that's why I want you to share that, um, obviously selfishly with me, but also with my audience, because it's a little crazy. What is like, it just, yes, this is the strange times we're living in very strange
1: times. You know, speaking of meeting planners, I was at the MPI 50th anniversary conference wow. in San Francisco recently, and I sat in on a burnout facilitation session. So the speaker was really a coach who facilitated a very, very interesting and bonding conversation. And what I learned, I mean, I'm around it all the time, and I do tons of research and talk to tons of people. So, you know, you think you've heard everything. But <laughs> what I was... Sadly, surprised to learn is that people are still burning out their employees. Yes, this is a room full of meeting planners, many of whom are young women. They already work very, very hard. They know how to get things done, and you know they say, "Give give a busy person a task, and they'll get it done." But sadly, you're burning these people out. So two in particular one was from a petrochemical company and one was from a pharmaceutical company both billion dollar companies and they can't hire her an admin or a coworker, to help with her work and here's the sad fact we especially women were not taught how to push back and ask for what we need and that's one of my big goals with my work is help people learn how to set healthy boundaries to say no without saying no meaning know, let's backburner some of this work yes i'll take on all this extra work but you mr mr manager are going to have to acknowledge the fact that i'm already working 40 hours and no you can't burn me out because i will leave and that's what we're
0: seeing i'm a workaholic i'm I'm gonna admit it like my hobby is work i like work and when i'm eating i like to work like i (laughs) I do it's it's who i am and Like when I've worked for other people that, listen, they know they could hit play and Amber will go 70, 80 hours a week at times. Right. And and so they, yes, they would take advantage of that, but I knew where my limit was. And in a professional setting, I, I would just be like, oh, okay. You want me to do that? So does that mean that this is no longer a priority? Does that mean that this is no longer a hot button and I can get an extended deadline? And if they're like, no, you got to do both. I'd be like, okay, well, what fairy is coming to help me do it? I mean, I was right. very overt about it in my personal life, though, I've really had to do the reps to put those boundaries in place to say right. th-
1: to say what I need to it's awkward it is it is. I mean, you remind me of my husband and thankfully he has a very good sense of humor the The running joke towards the beginning of uh, the pandemic was. He would come in and we were all working. My adult son, my husband, and I were each working from home before the pandemic. So we thought, oh, this is a no-brainer, no problem. And so we were each in different workspaces. And he would come in every week and go, can I just get you for 10 minutes in the garage? And that, that was code, though he didn't get it that I knew that that meant two hours. I said, no, you can't get me for 10 minutes or an hour or a minute in the garage. However, at least not right now. However... I will make a date on my calendar to see you Saturday at 10 a.m. in the garage and I'll give you the two hours, but I'm not giving you 10 minutes now because I, know what's, I know what's behind that. <laughs> so so if you're not just
0: scrappy, sassy like me, and again, in business, I'm just like, this is what it is. It's black and white. Like right. there are no questions. I don't like, it, there. there are, you know, this many, there are 24 hours in the day. I need five for sleep, which now I need more. But at the time right. I'm like, you know, (laughs) that's fine. Um, and, and so if you're not somebody who's wired like me, who's like very comfortable, um, expressing her independence, we'll say that's not the average woman. So what is an average woman or really anybody, but we're, we're mostly female audience here. What does she do when she's being pushed to her brink when that is different for everybody?
1: So first of all, let me uh, I, I yes, I hear what you're saying. First, let me say, I think we're a lot of us are grounded in fear. A lot of us have parents who taught us, and I quote this all the time. My mother was a recruiter in the 60s oh, in wow. Houston in a very male dominated oil and gas industry. And she used to say to me, you don't have to like your job. You just have to do it. You can like going when you go to the bank on Friday, then you can like what you're doing. And those days are gone. You just can't do that to people. You can't just say you're lucky to have a job because people are communicating by leaving. As we all know, we have this thing going on called the Great Resignation. And so people are leaving. I don't know if they're going to other jobs or starting their own business or what they're doing, but but people are more and more standing up for themselves and saying, even in interviews, what can you give me the evidence that your managers are emotionally intelligent. What are you thinking of emotionally intelligent? And there are still CEOs who say, I'm the boss and what I say goes. Yeah. No. That is isn't. You hated it when your mama said that to you. Don't say it to your employees. The interview is (laughs) over. No, you can't treat people disrespectfully, but it's still out there all over the place in manufacturing and tech. Construction. Yeah. Oh, construction. Uh I think it's... um, and it's particularly in the case of manufacturing construction i I would surmise to say that those are very male dominated fields, yeah. And, and so great men. I
0: love yeah. my construction, my foremen yeah. and my supervisors. I love them. and all they're doing is what they were taught to do by their leaders, what right. they were taught to do by their football coach, what they what was modeled for them, so right this right, is all, right. It's not just about, like, I need to advocate for myself, but it's about reprogramming the brains of people who have been treated that way. And it's like, well, that's not how it works anymore.
1: Well, and if you look back to 35, 45, 50, 100 years ago, women weren't taught to stand up to anybody, particularly their spouses. Women couldn't say no. Women couldn't say no to their children. I've had women come to me after my presentations and say, I can't even say no to my children. No, I can't. (laughs) You know, it's a sad state of affairs that that's how we were groomed right. as women. Of course, things have changed and thank God for the women's movement of the 60s and the tw- and the women who marched and ate semolina in the 20s and allowed themselves to be jailed for the sake of all of us and even back into the 19th century. But it's we, I feel like we're making these little tiny, tiny baby steps. Women still aren't getting paid equitably no. as well as many other... Under uh, represented groups and uh, i'm looking for the day that we can change make make real monstrous change and so women need to learn i part of it is the skill so what I, what i was trying to say before was we weren't taught how to say no we weren't taught it was okay to say no now we need to start teaching women the skill of pushing back so how so how what is
0: that because for me, it's like when this doesn't feel right, I'm going to say something about it. And but I'm the kind of person who's like, and then I'll deal with the consequences.
1: You're the exception. <laughs> right. Somehow you're the exception. So my mom uh, is a very strong woman. Yes. Yeah, so so was I had a Yeah, that so was mine. But my mother, um, may she rest in peace. I can only say some of these things because she is gone and she won't hear this. But she spoke loudly. That's just the polite way to say it is she spoke loudly to get what she wants and she was effective only because she hammered people down until they until right. they begged for mercy. And she wouldn't get she wouldn't stop whether it was in the phone or in person until she got what she wanted. But I, what I hope to help women do is learn it's about learning how to communicate your needs without coming across as so demanding and rude,
0: yeah, because you get put in the B box. like I can't even tell you how many times I've been put in the B box. so. Um, and again, I'm comfortable with consequences like, well, this just cost you in business. If a man said it that way, he'd be just fine. So it is what it right. is. But, right. but I have kind of a, you know, different vibe. So, um, but not that a, that I'm not nice and kind and graceful and everything. Right. Um, but so let's, let's just kind of like step one. I'm, I'm fearful of pushing back because I'm afraid of losing my job. I'm afraid of like being put in the B box. I'm afraid of, you know, this person not liking me. Uh, whatever the fear is, how do I know? when it's a good time to push back and when Mm -hmm. it's a bad time, because that's another thing like you have to, it's like time and place, right? Right.
1: So what, what I'm sensing from what you're saying is you don't push back in the middle. Let's say you're having a fight with your spouse, your partner. You're not going to start pushing back then because tensions are high. You're going to wait till everything is calm. till you're, you're dealing with an even rational playing field. Well, the same is true in business at the height of a of a problem you're not going to start saying no i'm not going to do that you're going to wait till the next morning when everybody's fresh and saying we need to review what happened yesterday i know i said i could get x y and z done but x and y are now are going to have to take a back seat to z and so here's here's the situation i'm working eight to five or nine to whatever it is nine to nine a.m to seven you know women work really hard and then i go home and cook dinner and clean and take care of my children and i'm exhausted and so, yes, I can get all these things done, but I don't wish to live my life as an exhausted human being. And you're not going to get the best of me. And you're not going to get the best of me. And you're not going to get the most creative, highly productive, energized person, because I love to tell this story. Did you see this remake of True Grit? mm Jeff Bridges and Haley steinfeld who was 12 and won an academy award for that role i'll have to watch it but you know the basic premise from the john wayne version and the uh-huh. so they're trying to go find her parents killers and they don't want to stop and they're highly motivated to accomplish their goal and so it's getting to the um height of the peak of the movie and they're almost there and they're almost there and they keep pushing and keep pushing and you can picture you know, the flatlands of Texas with the tumbleweeds and it's dry. (laughs) They they don't have any water except what they carried. The horse starts frothing at the mouth because they don't want to stop. They don't give the horse a water break or a physical break and the horse collapses. That's exactly what you're doing to your employees if you don't acknowledge that all day Saturday and all day Sunday and every night from 6 p.m. to 8 a.m. they need to be off. You want the most productive Intelligent, creative work—we need breaks, just like we need a good night's sleep. It's the same concept.
0: Yeah, and truly, if you don't get sleep, you will die. You will <laughs> right. die early. Like, st- I wish I could pull a statistic. I don't have one of those, like I haven't, like you know, women in leadership or whatever. But um th- that is that is a, a very big thing. And I'm just reflecting on, you know, as you're saying that, I was laughing at myself because I am my own boss. <laughs> Right. And I would get on, uh, you know, it, I'm in the ICU with my dad and I did take some calls because it's like, well, I mean, I kind of have to stay on top of some things or it's going right. to be like a big pile later. And so, but it was like, my brain wouldn't quite turn over right. and my clients are accustomed to me being very quick witted and like fast thinking. And it just wouldn't quite, it was like the engine wouldn't quite turn over. And so I just laugh about it and I just be like, I lost my word. Um, I had a thought or i I know I have a solution to this, but like, this is what's going on with my brain right now. And I could laugh about it. Thank God my clients are amazing. But even then this week where I'm trying to get caught up and I'm working 13 hours a day, I'm just like, this is not the best of me. I wouldn't do this to an employee. I'm doing it to myself. Right. And so I'm I'm just, I'm only sharing that because I know my listeners think that I'm invincible and- (laughs) Like I can do all the things and I'm just telling you, no, I get it. And I get where you are. And especially if you work for somebody else, it's not okay. So we know time and place is a time to push back. What about like um, season? Like, is it always okay to say like, I need to have boundaries or are there seasons in the business or to be a team player where you're like, this is just one of those seasons where I'm going to have to roll up my sleeves and and put well, some grit in and suck it up well
1: if you're a cpa and it's april 1st to the 15th or wh- however many weeks you need to get meet that horrible mean old deadline yes i can understand that but in the world of software which is my original background it was always right season. it yeah. was always a crisis hospitality and- same And there were levels of crises. Yeah. I mean, is the hospital flooded where the, I mean, the uh, hotel venue where your, where your event is next week flooded? If not, don't call me in the middle of the night. Yeah. And I used to have to take calls and come in in the middle of the night when the system crashed. Okay. So, and I worked on major financial loans. Okay. So, you know, some files aren't going to get updated tonight. Is the world going to end if my file updated tonight? you know the world stopped keep in mind the world stopped has stopped in in our lifetimes the world stopped for 911 the world stopped for the 2008 2009 crash and the world stopped when on March 16th of 2020 the world will regroup mm-hmm. but the employees need a, need to have the freedom to stop even if you're in the April 1st to 15th crunch They need to be able to breathe and take a break or they're not going to be able to, like the horse in the movie, they're going to crash and burn. And then your clients are going to be angry.
0: Right. So let's turn the tables now. So. So I know like, this isn't okay. I can't do it. I need to revisit this. I need to say like, we made this decision yesterday, but after a good night's sleep, (laughs) which is the first one I've had in a while, I've realized that this is on my plate and this is going to push me further. And I'm normally a team player and I am open to sacrifice and I do work those crazy seasons. So I'm not trying to be like, you know, the special flower that some people do show up and they're like, want perfect homeostasis at all times. That's not realistic either. Um, but I'm being realistic about my burnout level. Okay. So that that's one side. The other side is I am the leader who has pressure coming from senior leadership and I'm like a director level and I'm trying to get my managers to get things done. And I'm under heat. And like my senior leaders are, you know, making me feel like the sky is falling. If I don't do this, how do I manage both the expectations of my senior leaders and manage my team without being being what without doing to them what's being done to me right that's a sticky situation too
1: well number one a manager at that level always has their team's backs no matter what no matter what pressures coming down you always have your team's backs and you always let them know you have their backs and you've already developed a very strong relationship with them but If the senior, senior leadership, the C-suite in that area is pushing down on you, the whole system needs to change. And that's my big goal is let's communicate a way to change the vibe overall and change leadership's perspective. It's not okay to keep pushing down. I have one client who is like a VP of product marketing and her company is owned by a German conglomerate and someone left her department, a key director left her department, and she didn't get the budget to backfill d- that department. So not only is all her 50 people working crazy hours, she is too. And I said to HR, what's wrong with this picture? You guys need to pay attention to what's going on here. Just because in Germany they don't believe in time off doesn't mean we in America believe that's okay. It's just, it's just not okay to abuse your people period. It's I love that you
0: said that because you know I do employer branding and so my sections of that are um attract talent acquisition which you know all about yeah. um uh onboard you right. know loss easy to lose somebody in those first 90 days right. um engage which is the majority of your activity and then the part that most people leave out is offboard. They're like, "Yep, got their keys and turned off their, you know, access to tech." And I'm like, where's the workload going where's the plan what's the rehire plan what's the like who how are you just
1: you know there because that and and something I just learned at a conference last week are you staying rather than doing it having to do an exit interview you should be doing a weekly let's call it an exit interview you should be touching base with people minimum once a month if possible once a week how's it going what am I doing well what do I as your manager need to do better? How are you doing? Are you getting things done? What, what resources do you need? Or the other thing that I want to make really clear is when someone is struggling, and this is the problem, there's a lot of still stigma of, about mental health. First of all, mental health is health. If somebody yeah. comes to you, comes back from lunch with a broken wrist, you're going to rush into to nine not to the. You're going to either call nine one one or take them to the hospital. The same is true with mental health. If you see something, say something. which a term that I'm borrowing from law enforcement, if you see that someone's not themselves, they've suddenly started turning off their camera in the Zoom meetings. They're not smiling like they normally do. They're not energetic like they normally are. Say something. Something's wrong. And it's not, you don't have to go and say, what's wrong with you? You're, you're not smiling anymore, which is, you know, completely off base. But say, it doesn't seem like you're yourself. I care about you. What's going on? Do you need help with something? Do you need time off? Is something going on in your life? Do you want to tell me? Do you want to tell, do you have a good friend you can talk to? What do you need from me as your manager to, to make your work life okay, even if that means some time off? Maybe they're caring for a sick great uncle who's got liver disease and they suddenly just got diagnosed and they're worried. Maybe they and maybe they just need to talk. Sometimes the healing is in the talking. That's right.
0: Yeah. Oh, love that. So what about a global level, Um, meaning like we're not asking the employee to have some kind of a strategy. We're not asking for an individual leader to have a strategy. We're asking the company. And there are some, like you could look at Google and they have puppy rooms and nap rooms, and like, you know, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and I'm uh, pro yes. puppy, just to be clear. I like to do yeah, it. Yeah, me too. Definitely, <laughs> my puppy is my uh, emotional support animal for sure. Um, and so what can you do that is maybe not like super cost effective or that doesn't have time constraints um, that are, and it's not like an EAP. So for those oh. of you, you know, it's something that you that's tangible in the company that you're like i know that my company cares about my mental wellness they care about the fact that we do work really hard and they don't want me to get burned out
1: number one ask your employees what they want oh novel <laughs> and consider giving it to them number two reward and acknowledge people's work that doesn't mean you have to pat them on the back every single day but when you see something that they did that was wonderful, acknowledge. Now, acknowledgement, they're different love languages. I use those phrase loosely, love languages at work. An introvert doesn't want to be um, acknowledged in front of a large group. Right. But maybe they want to go out to lunch with you. Maybe they want a uh, $50 Mason gift card. Whatever it is they want, respond to them in their love language. But you have to know them well enough to be able to do that. Right. You have to. Um, it's really about and and time how about a CEO spending time with their employees one on one? Ooh, I just do they, do they have an hour a week that they can spend with different employees or small teams of employees?
0: Just had that conversation with the tech CEO the other day, and we were mapping out how she, her goal is to have a one-on-one with everyone in the company, at least once a year. We talked about quarterly meetings with all leaders. And then we talked about monthly having um like a coffee chat where, you know, five people come in and, and right. they tap into her. And then what happens is people understand that from the very top they're
1: cared about. So there's a book you may not have heard of, and actually, this woman is based in Nashville. Ooh. So the book is called "Lunch with Lucy." Are you familiar with it? I don't. I mean, I'm not. Okay. So this is what she did. The first chapter is about when she started her company. She had 40 employees, so it was easier at the first. And she had lunch one every Wednesday with lunch with Lucy, and her name wasn't Lucy, but she just loved the way the alliteration rang, <laughs> rang off her lips. So every Wednesday was lunch with Lucy Day and she picked a different employer or she allowed them to pick her. And she did all kinds of things. To her it was important for employees to have a living wage. Even at the minimum wage level, she paid them more than minimum wage because she realized that if they couldn't pay their rent, they weren't gonna stay with her and they were gonna have to work two jobs. And they have children at home, leaving children unattended at home because they have to work two jobs. That's not right. That's not ethical. That's right. pay them a little more she gave them profit sharing she mm. even got to a, a loan program but she didn't just hand out money she interviewed each employee before she gave them the loan to make sure they were managing their money well and if they weren't she said no to the loan but she taught them how to manage their money so she did a lot of um a lot of inspiring things she had monthly rewards night for the whole company and she asked the employees to nominate one of their teammates. Yeah. For rewards. Yeah. And in that way she encouraged people to care about each other.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: Oh yeah. I know who she is.
0: Letter logic. Yeah. Yes. See, letter I had to um come over and spy on her. I'm like, how do I not know this woman? I do. Okay. <laughs>
1: Nashville's a small, big town. I'm telling yeah, you. Have <laughs> you met her face to face? Yes, uh-huh.
0: yeah. yeah, I've been very involved in women's groups in the the greater Nashville area. It sat on a lot of boards. So um, I don't know if she'd remember me or not, but yes, I've met her um and seen her speak. So, yeah, fantastic. So we'll put that um that book in the, um, yes. in the show the notes too. At Opryland, we did eat with Pete. So Pete Wyan, who wrote the um intro to my book, uh, the bombshell businesswoman was very intentional about connecting with team members. And, you know, you're talking about the national um, hotel GM of the year award winner, like very lots of responsibilities and he never missed an eat with Pete. And sometimes it would be early morning breakfast and sometimes it would be lunch. And we might've done a few dinners too, because we have so many different shifts, but um, that was just like, things got dropped, but that never did. And when I say things got dropped, let me tell you, nothing in Pete Wine's world ever got dropped that was not okay to be dropped. (laughs) But but that is just such a great... And I will say, we worked our butts off at Opryland. I mean, like, I've never worked so many hours and worked so hard in all my life. And I've done a lot of things. But the difference was, and I was thinking of this when you were talking about checking in, and when you see something's not right, like, that's what we did. It was like stallions running among stallions, but no one was ever no one's humanity was ever forgotten. And it was like, you just need to go home or like, let me take you out for a drink. Like, even if that senior leader wasn't in that somebody else's department, if they saw it, they would, it was the best senior leaders ever. And the magic of Opryland is something that I wish I could see at every company. It really drives what I do for a living. And I, I just love that some of your, your, your go-to strategies are things that our senior leaders were really real about. Um, Okay, so we've had. This is what we do for um, for pushing back, especially for a woman. This is what we do for a leader under a lot of stress. And you know, how do we make this happen? Um, And then we have done like the whole company. What about industry wide? Um, Because there are some industries, hospitality being one of them, especially like food and beverage is just like savage. Food and beverage is like this is when you have to work. If you broke your arm, sorry, you got to cover your shift. And like, it's so stressful and it is crazy. And there's all different, I I could call out all kinds of different industries and I'm not calling out my F and B people, but it's real. It's what it's, it's what it is. (laughs) So what can like leaders within an industry who are involved in their industry, they're involved in their associations. um, You know, you speak, bring you in as a speaker, right? Like how do you bring away, you can book her out. All of this will be in the show notes, I promise. Um, but you, short of bringing in a speaker, what can associations or industry-wide people's magazines, whatever it is, what can they do to like really say, hey, our industry is valuable, but it's only as valuable as the health of the people who make it happen?
1: Well, w- when you were asking, formulating the question, what I was thinking was, It doesn't matter the industry people are people Mm -hmm. humans are humans we have human emotions things happen whether it's uh, something negative or something someone was rude or it's just the circumstance things happen the thing is teaching people how to modulate their emotions how to react how to stay sane and earlier you were talking about uh tech firms having a puppy room and a sleep Mm -hmm. room and a a Zumba room and a ping pong room and all these things. But if their manager's a prick, excuse my language. Oh girl, we use that all the time here on this show. <laughs> if the manager is not appropriate, they're out. Matter. And you know, Google, I was happy to say a friend of mine was a recruiter at Google. And he told me once that at review time, not only were the employees reviewed, but the managers reviewed by their subordinates. Yep. And if a lot of subordinates started saying the same thing about a manager they were taken off the line so to speak and given training yeah so a lot of times it's about lack of training you know most managers get promoted for what they know how to do not how they communicate and emotional intelligence is not rocket science some of us are born with more of an intuition or we had mothers or fathers that that just um role modeled that behavior but it's not that hard to learn you just have to want to you know, if you're smart enough to to program a rocket ship, you're smart enough to learn how to be emotionally intelligent. And yeah. you, it might not be comfortable at first. I know there are some people that uh, aren't comfortable with human interactions. But if you're a manager, it's your job to get comfortable. <laughs> it is. <Yeah>. You know? <laughs>
0: It's like going in and, and and like you know working in a bakery and being like, "Well, I'm just not naturally good at baking cakes." Well, it doesn't matter because that's your job. And part of being a leader is managing other people and influencing and communicating in a way that is um well received by the people you're communicating with. Um you said something that made me think of a of, a, of another question and then this um, this turning engine thing in me is
1: not working. Um,
0: oh, I know. So again, over the past few years, work one hundred percent, I have boundaries. like that's my fee. Sorry, you know, like I don't know what to tell you. There's billions of people in the world. All I have to do is find the ones who want to do work with me. I'm very clear, but in my personal life, I've realized the hard way that I really sucked at boundaries. So, i have asked the people who are closest to me as i have put boundaries in place um or i've thanked them for being patient as i awkwardly figure out how to practice having boundaries Mm -hmm. and i'm saying it just that way thank you for allowing me to awkwardly practice this because it doesn't feel normal to me and this is new to me and i'm in my 40s (laughs) So, and and it's so common. It's easy to do at work. It's not easy to do in my personal life. So I can, so somebody at work is in my position and they have to practice and it doesn't always go well. How do you recover when you try to put a boundary in place and it's just awkward for everybody, but you know, you need to keep doing it.
1: You just, well, first of all, first of all, there's a huge value to having a best friend at work. Yeah to say please tell me when please call me out privately when you see I'm I've fallen off the mark i'm trying to I'm, like in this case i'm trying to establish boundaries just being open and vulnerable vulnerability brings on more vulnerability and that's one of the one of the solutions to eradicating mental health stigma is expressing vulnerability even at the highest leadership level and yeah. there are companies that are starting to do that and so if you can be vulnerable people will like you more and support you more like like i said earlier if you come to work with a broken ankle and you're on crutches somebody's going to carry your bag and open the door for you you have to show your vulnerability to get that so Can
0: can you say that one more time just i think we need to hammer that home because that's such a good visual
1: Well, my husband, uh, when he worked at a tech company in San Francisco, one of the um, SVPs had broken her leg and they both took the train, the same train. He would run into her on the train and he'd like, don't have this big, heavy bag on your back. Let me carry your bag. And so he would help her navigate the steps, whether it was um, the elevator, whatever it is she was trying to hop on the escalator because she was a superwoman. He'd like, no, let me help you. Let me help you. It's like open the door for the elderly, right? You know what I mean, it's like, be kind to your fellow worker. If they have a broken leg, how are you going to treat them? Well, if they're emotionally broken, how are you going to treat them? Are you going to keep hammering them down? Or are you going to say, wow, I thank you for your vulnerability. Yes, I'm happy to try to help you. Again, we're all human and we all have to open up with love and compassion. Yeah. All we need is love hashtag all you need is love, <laughs> <I> love <it>. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes um
0: so bill the recruiter guy sat next to me at oh i know uh, bill
1: i know, I know bill. you know bill
0: <laughs> <laughs> so i i got a whole crew in las vegas to go see love um Cirque du Soleil Lug love oh, and I, I made him oh, sit next to me. I didn't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it just kind of, it just happened. We were at yeah, dinner. No, I know. Um, and so we were, um, I made him sit next to me because I was like, I'm going to rock out hard for this whole thing and I'm going to need you to like, be okay with it. <laughs> so, Okay. There's so many other things I would love to get into, but we're, I think we're already like kind of past uh, the typical time we go over. It's fine. Nobody cares. But um, before before i tell everybody how to find you and and we talk about where to get your book and how to book you as a speaker and i know you're a certified virtual speaker as well um i always like to ask every guest what parting piece of advice do you have for a bombshell so someone who is or is really trying to be a bold brave unwaveringly confident woman in business
1: don't be afraid to show your vulnerability it's like a lot of us have this outer shell of strength and armor But this there's an inside. There's a soft inside and don't be afraid to show that because that's the whole person. That's right. And people I believe people will respect you more. Yeah and i think
0: that's the greatest part of our you know our friend group our mutual friends that we have is that we're all like we could be the superstars on stage but we could be vulnerable with each other and be like oh this is what's real (laughs) right right right. not that anybody is fake on stage i don't mean to make that um but but we have to be strong and we have to be all of these things and we have to be on so so much that it's okay for us to kind of come back together and be like i'm exhausted this isn't going right in my business whatever it is and be that support for each other so um I thank you for being that. Um, and I thank you for being on the show. My Where pleasure. can we find your book?
1: JaniceLitvin.com slash
0: book. Oh, that was hard. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, the Janice Litvin part is hard, but you can see it at the bottom of the uh, book jacket, or I'm sure it'll be in the show notes.
0: Okay. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It'll be in the show notes. And then, um, you're on LinkedIn I'm very active on LinkedIn. I'm, oh. I'm
1: there all the time.
0: <laughs> so you, I say this every time. I'm like, we are business women. Connect on LinkedIn. Yes. Um, before you go to, like, you go to Instagram, you go to Facebook, all that kind of stuff. But I want you to go to LinkedIn first. Yes. You'll get all kinds of great information if she is in your feed. Um. And then Janice at Jan- JaniceLipman.com. If they want to email you, yes. To talk about anything. Um. And uh. And I think that covers it. Right? Is there anything else that I missed? Thank you so much. You're such a wonderful
1: hostess. I really appreciate it, Amber. Well,
0: I appreciate you sharing your gift and your light with the audience. Thank you, Thank you so much. So bombshells, I hope this one, um, I, I probably interjected a little bit more today than normal <laughs> because I'm at the verge of burnout. Just gonna, there's the vulnerability. Make sure I'm gonna add, make sure you check on your strong friends. Make sure you check on your friends who can carry heavy loads right. because we get there too. And um, And I'm fortunate to have right. friends- like like janice that that can um be there and so you know find that work buddy as well and um so be there for each other be that bold brave unwaveringly confident woman push back (laughs) stand strong be a good leader to your team help banish burnout and we will see you on the next episode thank you thanks so much thanks for listening to the bombshell business podcast Visit amberhurdle.com for more resources like show notes and check out the bombshellbusinesswoman.com to grab my book and download the free bonuses.